I think in order to be successful in this book photography business, you really need to have a strong mindset and believe in yourself. You know, you have a unique voice, your unique creative voice. So let it show to the outside world, you know, like the last thing you want is for those platforms like Instagram to overwhelm you to the point where you are too scared to post a picture because you are worried about how many likes or comments you will get, right? And it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it happens. It happens a lot. So my advice is like, yeah, stay true to yourself and do also things that are not working for Instagram. Hello, hello. This is your host, Dyutama, and welcome to My Food Lens Podcast, where we talk about everything from food photography, styling, to business and mindset. After 15 years as an architect, I switched careers and I'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in Singapore. I'm also the founder of the business My Food Lens, where we help clients elevate their brand through drool-worthy photos. My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hi guys, today our guest is Maya and Maya is a commercial and editorial food photographer, food stylist, recipe creator based in the Netherlands. How exciting, right? Now, I've known Maya through Instagram for a few years now, and ooh la la, am I drawn to her style of photography. It's simple, it's effortless, and it is so darn powerful. Maya used to actually be in the digital marketing world before she moved into food photography, and now she's a vegan herself, and she creates vegan recipes. So (laughs) she has a very strong sense of branding herself, and those are the brands that she also works with. And she's also an educator. She has her workshops and she teaches a lot of folks photography. But I think what really draws me into her work and why I wanted her on this episode was her style of storytelling. I think storytelling can sometimes sound so complicated, so mystical. It's not like that. That's not the way storytelling is supposed to be. And Maya's photos, if you ever look at them, they are story after story after story, no matter how she takes them. So she's a boss at storytelling. And I really wanted her to come in today and talk to us about what she thinks about storytelling. How did she pick up storytelling? How does it work with clients? How do they approach storytelling in commercial work? And how does she see it on social media today? Are we interpreting storytelling correctly or not? And, you know, just what's her take on it? So she's going to come here and talk to us all about storytelling, whether it's personal projects or commercial work. She'll tell us exactly how it can be done and how it can be done super duper straightforward easily. <laughs> all right. So with that, on to Maya. Hi, Maya, and welcome to My Food Lens podcast. It's such a pleasure to finally be able to speak to you. I've been on Instagram drooling over your photos, gawking over them, just being in awe of your photography. And so it's just 
So amazing, so special to have you sitting and chatting with me, especially on one topic that I so strongly associate with your photography, which is storytelling. You are such a master at it. So I'm super duper excited. Let me catch a breath. I'm so excited that I can be, you know, that we are going to talk about commercial work and storytelling and commercial work. And we're going to talk about personal work and storytelling and personal work. And we're going to hear it from Maya, who's such a master at it. So yes, I'm like super duper excited. But before we start and we get into all the good stuff, would you be able to please introduce yourself? Just tell us your name, your business, where you're located. Our audience would love to know that. Um, yes, of course. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited and honored to be invited. Thank you so much. Um, I'm Maya. You might know me uh, from Instagram as Veggie Intervention. I'm all about veggies. <laughs> I'm an uh, editorial and commercial food photographer, food stylist, and I also teach photography online and in my studio uh, here in Utrecht, the Netherlands. I originally actually come from Poland, uh, but I've lived in the Netherlands for quite a while. <laughs> so that's when I'm based. Wow, fantastic. Before we begin, I just have to say a huge big congratulations. We are recording this podcast in April 2022. And the latest issue, the spring issue of Thrive has just released. And we know that your photo made it to the cover, which is so special. So huge congratulations, Maya, for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. It's quite exciting to see your photo on the magazine cover. It's it different is. Than it's in the magazine, but the cover is, yeah, adds that extra excitement. So thank you so much. Amazing. I was on the cover last summer. And so that feeling oh, wow. is just, I'm still holding on to it. So I can definitely imagine how exciting it was. And it's no surprise because your work is that brilliant. But before like we get into all the technicalities, we just want to know, were you always a photographer? Were you born a photographer? How did you get into <laughs> food photography? What was, what was the sequence? Right. Actually, it's an interesting story. I mean, photography has actually always been, well, not always, but it's been in my life for uh, quite a while. I always was um, yeah, drawn into photography. I love travel photography. I was also kind of the go-to photographer during the family events. I also had a period when I was photographing architecture, modern architecture a lot. And no, I haven't always been a food photographer. This is something that happened just a few years ago. Before that, I worked, uh, I had many jobs at different corporations, uh, so to say, uh, in marketing and project uh, management. And at one point, I realized that those jobs were not serving me anymore. And I really wanted to do something, uh, something different. Then, yeah, I took a little break and I was trying to figure out, okay, what can I do actually to, uh, to, yeah, to be happy and what can bring me happiness when it comes to work in my life. And, um, of course, there was a huge passion for food. I come from a family with culinary traditions. Both my parents are really good cooks. So wow. yeah, food was always important in our family. So then I came up with an idea of actually cooking food for people. So I thought, oh, maybe I can do catering, um, you know, vegan catering because I was a, you know, I'm a vegan. So I want to right. spread the word and encourage people to eat more plant-based diets. So I thought, okay, I'm going to cook for people. Uh, but then immediately I thought like, yeah, okay, but how do I let people know that what I cook is, is actually delicious? 
So then I thought, okay, I have to really start taking photos of what I cook. <laughs> so that's how it started. I basically was, uh, initially it was my phone, uh, because somehow it was easier. So I started just taking photos of what I cooked for dinner for my family. And then, yeah, as the time passed by, I realized that I really enjoyed this whole food photography, not necessarily uh, just the food itself. So yeah, then I gave up the idea of the cooking for people <laughs> and the catering. And I dived into the food photography. Oh, wow. I just love these stories. I just love how one thing leads to the other. And almost always I hear this transition where our love for yes. cooking shifts to our love for photography. We start yes. enjoying photography more than the cooking part. Oh, goodness. Amazing. So you said <laughs> that you started photographing with a phone. And then you learned a bit more and more, and that's how you progress. So did you take any workshops? Did you take any classes? Like, how did you learn the technical aspects of photography? Yeah, like I said, I've been photographing for quite a while since I was a teenager. So let's say the technicalities of photography, I already kind of knew back then. But uh, I think when it comes to food photography, I'm one of those guys who, uh, yeah, who learned everything by herself. <laughs> wow. Um, by just, uh, yeah, observing other creatives work, studying the work of the people that I uh, admire. And of course, there's plenty of different information online resources that are also super helpful. So yeah, there's plenty of information online that you can actually use to learn photography. And I find that always so exciting about photography and food photography that you can really learn it and be successful just by learning, studying it yourself. I mean, I'm not sure what the photography schools would say <laughs> about my comments, but yeah, it's possible. And I find that like, yeah, super nice. I think your answer is going to really inspire a lot of folks. I think it's a very motivating answer just to know that you can be at a certain level if you're willing to put in the hard work you're willing to find the right resources. You're willing to do the work. And sometimes budget is a constraint. Sometimes financially, we do not have the bandwidth to yeah. invest so much. So yeah, those who can't, they still have hope. I just love that answer. It's, it's amazing. So tell us, what uh, gear do you use these days? Well, my gear is probably the, the audience will also like this answer because I have a rather limited gear. I shoot with Canon camera. And I use just two lenses, actually. I, wow. um, uh, yeah, I, I have just two lenses. I mean, I have other lenses, but the ones that I use for photography are just two. And that's a 15 millimeter prime lens and a 35 millimeter prime lens. And I have to say that in relation to what you just said, that sometimes budget is a constraint. I have to tell you the truth. My first uh, client projects and also, let's say, the first year of my food photography adventure. I was just using one lens because at that, at that time, that was what I could afford. I bought a new camera because I, I needed an upgrade. Uh, so I got a better camera in that respect, uh, full frame, but I was shooting with 50 millimeter lens and that was it. And you can really achieve great results with one lens. You don't need like a huge collection of lenses. I mean, of course, as you grow as a, your business, as you grow as a photographer, you might consider adding additional lenses to your collection, but it's really okay to just start with one and that's okay. The reason why I added the 35 millimeter uh, lens to my collection was because I like to create bigger scenes. 
I like to create uh, those table scenes and include uh, yeah, some hands uh, in the frame. So that lens, uh, in that respect, allows me to capture bigger, bigger picture, so to say. That's why right. I, I have this one. Um, I mean, of course, I dream about other lenses, but, you know, like macro lens, but for now it's okay and uh, it's absolutely fine. I shoot mostly with natural light. Uh, that's my preferred light, but I also sometimes have to or want uh, to shoot with artificial light. So I also have also very simple setup. I use only one continuous light. Uh, I use Godox SLW60 if uh, somebody's interested <laughs> in the model. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and the softbox, so it's only one light, uh, but it works. And again, right. you can really achieve nice results with just one artificial light. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love how your photos actually, uh, it's not like you have one kind of light that is your go-to. It's not like you always shoot in one style of light. Whether you're shooting artificial or natural, it just looks cohesive. It looks natural, like no matter what you create, it's still within the Maya style, I would say, you know. So I think that's essential, no matter what gear we have. So fantastic. I also really, really like that you brought up that we don't need a whole plethora of lenses. I think that's so true. I firmly believe in that as well, that expensive gear doesn't mean good photography. But I'm really like, it's so interesting to know that instead of going for a macro lens, you've chosen like a 35mm. It just shows that when we have a certain style, then we know exactly what gear to invest in. We don't just go and invest first. We first work on what our style is. So yeah, that's a brilliant takeaway, at least for me, you know, hearing your answer. So since we are talking all about style, tell us, would you be able to define your style of photography for us? Um, Yeah, I think... I'm still evolving. I think this is the fun part of being yeah, creative in that respect. So I'm, I think my style, when I look at the photos from the very beginning of my journey, are very different. And I like that. So I would say that my style is now more editorial and I'm trying to inject a lot of storytelling uh, in it. Right. But at the beginning of my food photography journey, I was very much drawn into the dark and moody photography, which I still am. I really love it. But I also realized that, I mean, it was something that I felt really comfortable with. And I, w- I was actually struggling with uh, producing bright and airy um, imagery. So it was somehow, it was just easier for me to to create dark and moody photography. But as the time went by, I also realized that, um, at least for me, um, I'm just speaking for myself, that might not be the case for all the photographers out there. I realized that in order to really attract clients, I needed to also show that I can work with color and I can produce bright and airy imagery uh, because that gave me an opportunity to actually work with different clients. Um, the dark and moody one, I would be a little bit stuck in a, in a corner with specific clientele. Uh, but the fact that I opened up my spectrum of my portfolio, so to say, and also being able to work with artificial light, for example, really helped me to work with other clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as we move forward, it's like every year you could have a different style and style can be defined in so many different ways. Like you said, it's storytelling, it could be light, it could be color, it could be anything that is really your style. So Yeah, I find it hard to answer that question as well. Like if somebody says, what's your style? 
then it's like hmm yeah <laughs> what's my style Absolutely. today <laughs> versus what's my style yesterday it can be so subjective but uh, so mm-hmm. you mentioned that you are now trying to sprinkle a little bit of storytelling in your photos <laughs> it that's amazing because i've been seeing storytelling in your photos like for years now so <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that's so as an audience that's mm. how i'm interpreting your work right so for me mm. there is a very strong sense of storytelling mm. sometimes very literal also like you create your table scenes those yeah. are quite literal but some are a bit more abstract and it you know it has but they're both strong storytelling compositions so tell me a little bit about your idea of storytelling like how did the whole concept of storytelling how did you start embracing it or how did you hear about it in the food photography world and then you're like okay i need to think about that aspect like how did you get introduced to the word storytelling and then start bringing it into your photo right um i think uh when i look at the storytelling now it comes very natural to me but I think before I also perhaps understood storytelling a little bit differently when I was looking at the creatives that I admire and they were creating those like what you just mentioned those beautiful table scenes so I think back then I was thinking oh yeah those table scenes this is storytelling but actually storytelling is it can be something super minimalistic and super simple because at the end of the day when we look at the photo every photo actually has storytelling in it and it can be just a single crumb or a piece of a raw ingredient that add, adds to your story now how i approach storytelling in photography is um i always think about the emotions that i want to evoke in my viewers because when you know we look at the photo with our eyes but let's be honest every picture actually evokes some kind of emotions in us it can be oh i love it it makes me happy i'm joyful uh, when i'm looking at this photo or oh i actually hate it <laughs> or actually oh this scene reminds me of something you know it brings right. some i don't know nostalgia feeling. yeah exactly so whenever i create i'm always asking myself yeah what is that story that i want to tell actually and what kind of emotions how do i want my viewer to feel because you can manipulate many things in your photo depending on how you want your viewer to to feel actually about that particular photo oh wow you said it so perfectly because it's not honestly i struggled a lot to understand what storytelling was because when i moved mm-hmm. into food photography everybody was using this term and it took me a lot to wrap my head around visual storytelling but what does that mean but then mm-hmm. if somebody would have just said it like this that it's just how you want the viewer to feel you know how you want to transport them into a certain memory or you yeah. know setting then that is the story and like it's not literal so thank you for putting it so effortlessly <laughs> for all our listeners <laughs> so i want to pick up on something that you said you said that it's the emotion that we want to evoke in the audience right and you said there are many different ways that you can do that so I think that is the most powerful thing about storytelling and something that a lot of people either get confused or they miss it like tell us what are the different components in a photograph that can actually help to create a story to create that emotion what are the little little many ways that we can yeah. actually bring that emotion there are many different things and uh that is the dish itself the food itself but not only there are also other elements so 
so like I said, when you have, let's take an apple pie as a, <laughs> as yeah. a or pie as an example yeah. to visualize it a little bit for the audience. So yeah, when you, when you have that apple pie, you have to ask yourself, okay, so what kind of a story I would like to tell here? Is it more of a focused on the, on the dish itself? So I want to show how wonderful and delicious that apple pie is. Uh, maybe cut a little piece to show actually how it looks inside. Um, but maybe you actually would like to focus on the process of making that apple pie. So that's a completely different story, right? So you would like to show the process of making that apple pie, include the props that actually have something to do with that scene, uh, you know, sprinkle some flour on the surface, uh, show the rolling pin. So yeah, I think it's important to ask yourself, first of all, what story you want to tell and what is the focus, right? Um, and of course there are dishes like apple pies, a very easy one because you can create so many different stories around it. You can also create a table scene, right? When you're inviting the audience to, you know, you put some uh, glasses on the table, some forks and a uh, little plates, and then you have a story where you're actually inviting the viewer to join you for the piece of apple pie. Um, I can think of so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. For that apple pie. Um, yeah, another one would be, you know, you want to create that moment of sharing that apple pie with others. So, right. you know, you would cut a piece. Uh, there are hands grabbing the apple pie. There are hands serving uh, a piece of apple pie. There is some movement. Or you can cut that apple pie in uh, tiny little pieces and create like a repetition in your photo and have something, you know, that you don't normally have in your portfolio. So, so I think, yeah, this is something that I always think upfront uh, when I photograph food. And then, of course, uh, there are so many other elements that help you with that storytelling, uh, building that storytelling, because it's like when how differently we associate, what different emotions we have when we look at the dark and moody photo. So a darker photo might bring some yeah, nostalgia and some peace. And when you look at the bright and airy photo, it might be uh, sparkling completely different emotions like oh, joy and happiness. Also, the uh, for example, the color temperature, right? Yeah. If we use cooler color temperature, cooler tones, it also evokes different emotions. You know, you have to think about a steaming hot bowl of curry, for example, that, you know, how would it make you feel if you saw such a bowl of curry in, in spring, for example? You know, does yeah. it um, evoke the same emotions? Yeah. Maybe not, right? Or the same thing if you think of, I don't know, some green smoothie and it's like minus 10 outside and it's snowing. It's a different feeling that you get. So also with the light and color temperature, you can really play around your storytelling. And of course, there are also the props, right? So the color of your backdrop, you know, with regards to cooler or warmer tones or the your plates or your cutlery. Are they modern or are they vintage? Each and every element of your photo actually carries a specific emotion, so uh, or a specific uh, yeah, relation that you that you have to that subject. So, yeah, there are many different elements where you can influence actually the story that you want to tell. Well, I want to say two things. One, that it's just brilliant how one subject can allow us to create so many different stories from it. So, if you're doing the work of making a brilliant apple pie, then might as well capitalize on it and create different <laughs> stories. That is one. Second thing is 
about a smoothie in winter well <laughs> some of us live in singapore and we eat yeah. ice cream on 31st december <laughs> we have Absolutely. no sense of season so when you talk about color temperature i think it's so interesting because i live in the tropics for me i constantly want that cool refreshing crisp feeling mm. in my photo because this is the environment i am in but in december when i post mango popsicles <laughs> people are like what what is she doing <laughs> and then i see all these apple pies and the baked you know soups and all of that coming out so you're so right to say that where we are and what we're feeling and you know the kind of whether it's seasons or temperature or color it makes such a huge difference to how we feel so yeah i love that So I want to ask you one more thing and this is something that I feel like again it either gets misinterpreted or just missed out when we talk about storytelling and food photography so it's quite easy you know to visualize either a kitchen scene or a prep scene or a table or a dinner gathering like these are stories that we can quite literally create but not everybody has all those props not everybody has the luxury of a beautiful table not everybody has a 35 mm lens <laughs> you know so i want to ask you is there a way that photographers can actually do some kind of minimal compositions but still bring in a component of storytelling in an abstract way a way in which the audience still gets transported into a scene but it does not have to have all the different elements literally in them is there a way like how does one create those kind of visual stories yeah it's absolutely possible and i mentioned that at the beginning that when i started my food photography adventure journey i think i had this uh, misconception of storytelling because i also thought okay yeah it has to be a busy scene with a beautiful chair and a beautiful tablecloth No absolutely not this is a misconception i mean this is also storytelling but storytelling like i said it can be very minimal it can be made with just um a few props or with one prop for example the apple pie right let's take this apple pie right. again i mean you can just by uh cutting a piece of that cake and putting a little um yeah the the knife with a few crumbs still on that knife you're also telling a story this is a story which tells us okay yeah i just cut that uh, delicious apple pie and i'm about to eat it right um or for example you know it can be a raw apple pie and then you just place a few pieces of apple next to it because you want to tell a story of that beautiful ingredient that you just picked from your garden so like i said storytelling can be also very minimalistic and it's all about those little details those few crumbs that you put next to your apple pie for example right yeah. or i don't know it can be a simple drink and then you want to tell the audience okay what is it so that it's not because it might not be so obvious so you put a yeah a piece of fruit that's actually uh flavored that that drink right, right? it can be very easy i think it's um it's all about your creativity um i have to think of i have this one uh, photo of uh, i'm a big fan of mushrooms for example <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah i'm from poland so mushroom picking is something that we used to do a lot as children now wow. living here there are not so many opportunities not so many forests but i still have uh, yeah i'm very nostalgic about mushroom picking and 
Uh, for example, I found some beautiful mushrooms in the, <laughs> in the supermarket. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, it's not just the mushrooms that I photograph, but there is a little bit of a story. So, um, or I wanted to capture that, uh, indeed that mushroom picking, uh, feeling, right? That nostalgia that, uh, that right. I have. So, so all I did, I put a knife, <laughs> I put a knife in the scene. Yeah. Uh, with a little bit dirt from my garden. I yeah. sprinkled some dirt around it and I included like a more uh, vintage looking, uh, napkin. And that was it. That was all that took to actually create the storytelling that I wanted to create. So, yeah, you know, again, talking about photographers who are just starting, don't go crazy over the props and buying too many things. And also, yeah, you don't need to create table scenes. Maybe later, you know, if you you feel like it and you want to, but start with simple storytelling and, you know, use the elements that I just mentioned, like the light, you know, sometimes... Uh, just playing around with the light might be telling more the story than the dish itself, right? So, Absolutely. yeah, I would say to that. <laughs> wow, wonderful. Just just being very creative and just taking those 10, 15 minutes to understand what you really want the audience to feel. Like you really wanted to bring that memory into the photo. You knew what would bring that memory. So you knew the knife or the mud or the whatever it needed. So as long as we know what we want to communicate, it just becomes that much easier. And even if it's a little crumb, which gives the person a sense of being in that scene in that moment, that's enough. Wow. Love it. Love it. Also, I'm very hungry for apple pie right now. And I wouldn't mind that drink. (laughs) So Maya, tell me, we talked about storytelling. We talked about how you approach it. What's your thought process? How do you incorporate in your work? But how is it different or how does it work when you're working with clients? When clients approach you, do they come and they bring up the term storytelling? Like in Singapore, many clients will say, we want a lifestyle scene. So they might not know storytelling, but they use lifestyle scene, which means Mm -hmm. that they want a sense of storytelling in it. So tell us your experience of how clients approach you and whether they do need a storytelling component in most of their work or not so much. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, actually. I actually never had a client who said, I want to have a storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> in the photo. But I think actually every client has a storytelling. They just call it a brief and we call it a storytelling. Because when you look at the brief, right. there is already some kind of a scenario written for you one way or the other. Maybe yeah, sometimes it's more defined and stronger. Sometimes it's just like a little hint of what they want. Yeah, so I think every client at the end of the day wants a storytelling. They just maybe are not so familiar with the term and how we right. photographers see it. Yeah, the way I approach it, I always, of course, the brief is important because the client is your king. So you're doing the photography for them. And like I said, you know, I had clients who were super defined about their vision and what they wanted. And there was maybe not so much room to inject your own voice or your own story. But there are also clients who actually are looking for it or are expecting it. So they only have a a brief idea, but then they would like you to also add something to it. I mean, you know, let's face it, the brands are not only working with us because we technically know how to uh, make a good photo. They also work with us because we are creative. So we also have perhaps a different vision or something right. that we can add to it. And um, they want to come to you because you bring that style. That's many times why clients want to work with you. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah, 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the way I, I always try to approach the client shoot is, you know, whenever you read the brief, there are always ideas coming up. There is something that also you might, uh, you might have your own vision or add to that, uh, to that vision. So I'm very respectful, of course, when it comes to the brief. But then I always ask the clients if they would like to hear also my opinion, how we could make those photos even more interesting or more appealing to the audience. I, for example, had a, recently, I, it was more of a product photo shoot. I had to take photos of a, um, the range of coffee and tea glasses. Right. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's like a product shoot. Uh, but the client uh, wanted to also not only have the dry kind of product photography, but they wanted to uh, me to capture the kind of moment of sharing the coffee together, a piece of cake and, and so on. So I really like that they are going in, in that direction. And then I thought, okay, how else can I enhance that story and maybe inject a little bit more of a storytelling in it? So so what I usually do, I put myself in the shoes of a client and I'm thinking, okay, uh, if I see that photo in the magazine, what emotions would I like to feel, right? right. So then I immediately thought like, yeah, sharing coffee. Yeah, what, what is usually the situation? So yeah, we are sharing coffee most of the times in the morning. You know, there is like a beautiful light coming. Uh, the sun is shining. I mean, not always, but uh, that's how I envisioned it. And then um, I immediately thought, yeah, of course, with the light, I can also manipulate the whole storytelling and those emotions, uh, how people will feel when they look at this photo. So yeah, at the end, I, I photographed the whole uh, series with artificial light and I created those beautiful soft shadows, uh, you know, yeah. like recreating the, the morning sun. Oh, and wow. the client loved it. And yeah. this is something that I think clients, I mean, of course, it depends on the client. Sometimes they have like very defined branding, so they know exactly what they want. But sometimes they, they just don't think about other elements. They, or they yeah. don't have the time, you know. I also yeah. have clients who were asking for like last minute, uh, shoots and then they just had an idea and then they were expecting you to develop the rest, which is really fantastic sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. So I would say when it comes to the clients, I think it's always great to have another pair of creative eyes on the photo shoot. So I would say, yeah, also don't be scared to tell what, what your story and how you could actually, uh, enhance their story. Absolutely. So yeah, I would say don't be scared to, to do that because it's always appreciated. But communication is so important. I mean, uh, like you said, some brands are very strict about the way they want things done, but some brands are more like, okay, yeah, play with it. They want you to bring your style. I have some clients who, when we shoot for their menu boards uh, that are in their restaurants, they are very clear, no scattering mm. of ingredients. Everything is very specific, but still they want that storytelling by the use of props. So if they have a seasonal mm. menu or they are, uh, you know, they have a Japanese theme for a salad bowl, then we use Japanese style props, but it's very yeah. clean and we're not allowed to add, you know, much of a bigger scene basically within yeah. that. So you're yeah, going back to the abstract or the small little things that can still add to the story. And I think, like you said, communication is very important just to ask the client what they want and to be very clear, because sometimes you do work with clients on the set, but sometimes you work remotely because that's what COVID's done yeah. to us. Right. So mm -hmm. is it different when you are working? Like, do you work remotely or do you always work with the client on the photo shoot set with you? 
Actually, uh, so far, always remotely, so always in my studio. So I actually have never worked with the client next to me. I mean, sometimes we communicate while I'm shooting to show them, you know, the setup, make sure that we are aligned yeah. and on the same page. But mostly it's uh, me, myself in the studio, just yeah, working remotely. So the pre-discussion becomes quite important to you know, make yes, sure, okay, absolutely. this is okay, fantastic. Yeah. And so... Have you ever had, like, I know that you've been lucky to have, like, always have clients who are kind of supportive of it, but has there ever been a time where you've actually felt like, you know, a challenge bringing your style or your sense of storytelling and then the brand is like, mm, no. Have you ever found that kind of a constraint or a difficulty working with any client? Now that you've mentioned that, I actually had once a situation where a client found me through Instagram. And they really liked, um, that was already quite some time ago when I was mostly focusing on the dark and moody photography. Right. And, um, they really liked, uh, this kind of rustic feel in my photos. You know, I was using this wooden rustic table and there was a lot of this uh, storytelling, right? So like hands and the, the vintage props and so on. So they contacted me and they said that they really love this style and they would like me to uh, photograph um, their product in this particular style. So I was super excited because I thought like, yeah, this is perfect, right? Like this is my, my own bubble. I can just create what I want. Right. But then what turned out was that, you know, I also didn't, uh, that was my mistake, that I didn't assess whether that particular product was suited for this kind of rustic, ah. uh, dark and moody scene. So at the end, we had to change the, the, the whole storytelling because, you know, the product was quite luxurious and it required a specific light that dark and moody photography wasn't putting the product in its full glory, so to say. Right. So yeah, we, we have to change it. And this is also a lesson learned that sometimes you also have to question things, like don't take things for granted. Uh, even though they feel very comfortable because it's like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, it's like taking very easy photos because that's what I do uh, a lot. But yeah, so sometimes also be a bit critical and question things because mm. it might just not work. Right. Um, so yeah. And I think clients kind of appreciate that too. They want us to bring that expertise. They want us to tell us what's going to work. Like if you would have shot it in that light and if it didn't work, then they would not be happy and probably not even return back to work with you. But for you to bring that to the table, I'm sure they appreciated it. It's, it's something that they possibly look for in us as experts, I feel. Yes. Right? So amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a great story. I think, again, a big lesson out of that. So tell me, do you think, so many times I talk to food photographers or I talk to stylists and I sometimes feel like, you know how social media has just it's just bursting with food photography right now. It's just like bursting at the seams, literally. Sometimes I feel that because everybody's getting information from all different sources, there are many times terms or things are a bit loosely interpreted, a bit loosely used. Let's say the term food styling. What is food styling? And the way it is used is sometimes not in the right context or sometimes a bit loosely used. So how about storytelling? Like, do you have any feelings about, oh, photographers are calling this particular thing storytelling, but actually it's not? Like, are there any storytelling mistakes or misconceptions? I know we talked a little bit about it, but is there anything about, you know, kind of mistakes that you feel that people are taking storytelling a bit loosely? 
it doesn't mean this, but it means that anything that you see on social media these days. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of beautiful storytelling out there. And yeah, I have to emphasize that again, I don't know if I can talk about any mistakes per se, uh, because yeah, it's, it is a very broad term. And I think as every photographer uh, has uh, her or his own style, we also have our own storytelling voice. So right. storytelling, um, yeah, for you might be something completely different than storytelling is for me. If I'm a very, you know, the example of a very minimalistic photographer who doesn't uh, necessarily use a lot of props, uh, storytelling will be adding a little decoration on a drink and for me, storytelling will be putting a chair and photographing a, a table scene. So I think we should try to like, maybe not stick to like definitions of what the storytelling is because yeah, every photo is a storytelling. It really is. And I find that super exciting about photography. And I think maybe the only thing that I sometimes see, and that's the misconception of storytelling, that it has to be a table and it has to be a busy scene and there has to be many ingredients. So maybe that's the only thing that I sometimes see that people uh, some people overdo it because they they believe that storytelling <laughs> is all about like you know covering the whole table with flour and adding too many props. So yeah, I think that would be the only thing. But for the rest, I would say yeah, e explore your own storytelling. You know, you have your own creative voice. So uh, yeah, let me show your storytelling. I find that exciting. I love that answer, and I'm so glad that you gave that answer. That's why I asked that question because. <laughs> I I really wanted to hear that. I wanted our audience to hear that because I feel like storytelling is a very mystical word. And I know that I struggled with it a lot when I started food photography. And I think that just hearing you, it's, it just demystifies this word because it is so subjective. It can be big, small, abstract, literal. It can be anything anyone wants. So really, there's no right or wrong. It's just subjective. So we should just kind of just explore and play with it. So thank you so much for telling our audience that they are absolutely free to think and interpret storytelling in their own unique way. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about Maya. What's your biggest struggle right now in photography? Is there anything that you're finding challenging or you're working through currently? Hmm, time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah, I wish I had more time for my personal projects. Um, that's uh, something. But I also think that's my personal thing. But I also think the social media these days and um, the trends that are imposed sometimes that we need to follow. I'm, of course, talking about the reels. Yes. Um, yeah, this is something that sometimes I feel like, oh, do I now need to follow all those trends? So yeah, I think my approach is to, you know, take them, to accept them because there will be new trends and you might want to jump on the wagon, but you might also not to. And it might mean that you, you will stay behind, but not necessarily. I mean, I still see photography as my, as something that I truly love and I really want to continue doing. But at the same time, yes, we as humanity, we progress. This food industry, food photography industry also progresses. So we also have to have a certain acceptance towards those trends and then just yeah. try to try to incorporate them into our lives or our career. And doesn't necessarily mean that you now have to become a videographer unless you want to, of course. Yeah. But it can also mean that you can just take bits out of it and create something that will serve your audience uh, and yourself in your own uh, creative way, uh, so to say. 
absolutely and i think you bring up such a great point because honestly right now the struggle to learn photography <laughs> is lower priority than the struggle to survive yeah. survive on social media i totally get it but what i really love is that you have tapped into your strength your strength of composition your strength of photography your strength of storytelling and that's what you're creating more content with so if somebody goes and sees your reels that's what you are doing and it's so true to who you are your style and exactly how you would probably you know the kind of content that directly relates back to you so you've kind of made that easier for yourself so that you're not trying to be something else even though it's a trend or whatever new feature that yeah. we need to kind of create you're still doing it your way so yeah i totally get it amazing so my i have one last question for you and that is if you had to give an advice to new photographers or somebody starting food photography or to existing photographers people who are doing food <laughs> photography today what would be your number one advice to them uh that's a good one <laughs> i think it's not the gear yeah <laughs> yeah i think um what i'm observing now in the food photography world and you also see that a lot on uh, on instagram i mean yeah we are we hang there a lot people are questioning so much about their work and well i'm glad that people are now talking about it because it shouldn't be a taboo that we have this imposter syndrome and that we compare each other it's natural we all have that but i think um yeah my advice is like to have that strong mindset i think in order to be successful in this food photography business you really need to have a strong mindset and believe in yourself you know you have a unique voice your unique creative voice so let it show to the outside world you know like the last thing you want is for those platforms like Instagram to overwhelm you to the point where you are too scared to post a picture because you are worried about how many likes or yeah. uh, comments you will get right and yeah. it sounds absolutely yeah. ridiculous but it happens it happens a lot so my advice is like yes yeah, stay true to yourself and do also things that are not working for Instagram you know i also have that yeah sometimes i know that creating a table scene will attract more likes and comments but sometimes it's not only about that right it's also about showing the diversity versatility on my instagram to to the potential clients or simply doing something that i felt like doing today and that's it yeah so that's my advice strong mindset stay true to yourself <laughs> it is everything it is everything because you can learn everything else you can learn technical photography you can learn composition you can learn everything but you cannot learn how to be resilient and how to believe in yourself i think that is such a great answer and also i just want to say that you know sometimes you do create for yourself and that's how you created that mushroom photo so that's a clear proof of how how you just create for the <laughs> joy of creating it and it has yep. to come just to have that joy and happiness in what you love so i absolutely love your answer maya this was so amazing because i think that in everything that you say you do I can see your style I can see how you approach things or how you approach a composition or how you create a photo and it all comes from the emotion that one start of storytelling that you say and it's so evident in your work so thank you so much for being here today thank you so much for sharing all these like wonderful experiences and lessons I'm now already thinking of the next story that I want for my next photo <laughs> and also the apple pie <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank wonderful <laughs> thank you maya before you go could you let our audience know your social handles and your blog or website where they can find you 
Sure. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram as Veggie Intervention. I also have a website, mayalevichphotography.com. Come and visit me uh, if you feel like it. And thank you so much. Uh, it was really lovely to be here and share our knowledge together and discuss all those things. Really grateful and happy that I had the chance to, to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for making the time. The pleasure was completely mine. So that was Maya. And wasn't she just awesome? Like she just makes things so clear. It's like, what is this word storytelling? And uh, why did I think that it was so complicated? And Maya's like, uh-uh, no, it's an apple pie. It's a drink. It's a piece of mushroom. It's like, she just makes it so easy. I love this conversation with her. It was literally like I was sitting and having a cup of tea with her. And she was telling me, you know, I just bought mushrooms and I did this and that. The conversation was so easy. And I felt like she really broke it down in a way that is so easy to understand because yes, there are so many resources out there. There are so many people who teach it in their own way. And there are so many possibilities for us to get confused or to overthink this, but it is not that difficult. Storytelling can be anything you want. It is your story because you are an artist and art is subjective. So do not ever feel held back by this idea of visual storytelling. No matter how you put a subject in a frame, no matter how elaborate or how simple it is, no matter how many elements are there or what colors you use, everything is telling a story. But yes, it can be a very powerful story if you create it with intention and you know exactly what you want the audience to feel. I think that is the true key of creating a powerful visual story. So I hope that you found this helpful. And if you have any questions about a client brief that you might have received or certain art direction that you got from a potential client or you pitching to a client and thinking, oh, I'm nervous. How do I bring my own style to their commercial work? You know, whatever. If you have any questions, shoot it to me, send it to Maya. One of us will be there to jump in, to answer all your pressing questions, to answer any other mystical (laughs) thoughts that you have around storytelling. All right. But having said that, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you found it useful. And if you did, as always, I would request you to please rate, review, subscribe. Please leave us a word. Please share it with a friend. Please share it on your stories. Please tell someone else who you think might benefit from this podcast. All right. With that, I will take your leave and I will see you next time with yet another episode. Until then. Bye-bye.